This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's poppin' everybody? Welcome back to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. My name is Brandon Worth, along with Joe Nagy. Joe, yes, I'm wearing shorts, A, but isn't it such a great time to be first day bulldog? It really? I mean, yeah. I was sweating today on my way to class. It's like, what, 45 degrees right now? 50 it's, degrees? It's up there. It's I a mean, change from when I woke up last weekend on like Wednesday and it was like negative 15 yeah, it's, I mean, literally... That's insane, the difference of how fast it can go. Literally going last week from having, getting practice canceled for wind chills under negative 10 to now going into 40 degree weather. Sidewalks are all wet because the snow is melting and just, it's it's starting to base, it's starting to basically be like March now where it's just like wet and wet and warm. Classic Michigan weather. But that means that hockey season is starting to come towards the end, especially for those skating on the lakes because it's yeah, getting Yeah, ODR's going to be canceled soon. I don't know. But um, speaking of hockey, we got a really good guest to come on the show. We're going to now er, analyze all the Ferris State sports coming up this weekend, and there is a ton of them. But first, an exclusive interview. We've got a hockey player. We've got goaltender Roni Selman Kangas on the show. And with the interview, we shall go. Joining us on the show today is Ferris State goaltender Roni Salman Kangas. Roni, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to have you here. Uh, first question for you: uh, You being from Finland, um, what was the recruiting process really? I mean, Ferris is kind of a smaller uh, D1 school uh, for hockey in Big Rapids. What was that kind of like with uh, contacting the coach? What other options were you exploring? Stuff like that. Yeah, so I guess my 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 route to uh, D1 hockey is kind of unique since I'm from Finland. Uh, most of the guys from, from Finland who come over, they play for the national team or play in the USHL junior hockey here in the States for a year or so. But um, since I was 16, I, I was sending emails probably for to like 50 out of 60 D1 schools. And and uh, I had a good year when I was 18, 19 years old. I played junior but junior hockey back home. I had a good year and uh, I had a, I had to decide if I wanted to sign, sign there. Um, start making a little bit of money pro hockey all that or if i wanted to come over here um even though i didn't have any offers at the time um i was sending emails and uh highlights for that three years and uh i, I kind of sent my last email after uh, we were done with our season and uh got a, got a few responses for probably the first time ever mm-hmm. and uh ferris was one of them um i think i had one phone call with coach coach daniels and coach sensor and uh that was pretty much it um my advisor obviously talked with them probably probably afterwards but that was literally just one phone call and a couple of videos and they were they were they were impressed and uh got a good offer from them and uh ended up working out pretty well yeah, I mean, you were you were one of the best 19-year-old prospects in Finland at the time when you played for the HPK U20 program in Finland. You had a 9.30 save percentage. And um, what's been the difference like um, going from Finland hockey, which I'm sure is much different than hockey here in the States? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously um, this, we, we got, uh, I'd say the sheets are in general much bigger in Finland. Mm-hmm. And that leads up to the game being much more organized i'd say um, a lot more 
structure, control, breakout, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the uh, hockey here in the state, I'd say it's much more physical. Um, obviously, I played junior hockey, um, so the guys are older, they're stronger, they're faster. So it took some time to adjust. I, it does for every player, no matter if they're a first-round draft pick or something like that, but there's always something new to college hockey. But compared to back home, it was a structure for sure, um, pace, um, physicality. I think those are the couple of the biggest things that I've noticed so far. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just with school and stuff like that, what was kind of the, the culture shock that you experienced just with, like, uh, just lifestyles uh, compared to Finland now with Big Rapids? Um, yeah, it, it's... It took me some time to to adjust for sure, um, but it wasn't too bad. After like, it took me a month or so to get used to like. It, there's there's a lot of small things that you wouldn't even think of um, that you know international students they they have to do like simple things setting up setting up your phone plan, uh, bank account, all that kind of stuff. So that took took me a while, but the guys the guys helped me a lot. So in the end, it was pretty easy. Um, when it comes to school, um, I, I actually came straight out of high school. So a lot of the guys, they have a year off or so if they play junior hockey. So I was already, I studied a lot back home and, uh, you know, the studying just kept, you know, I just kept studying here. So that wasn't a, uh, big adjustment really. Um, lifestyle, I'd, I'd say there's no huge differences that I've noticed so far. Um, but obviously one thing that well not necessarily a lifestyle difference but um, the traveling back home compared to here um, our bus rides were i don't know two or three hours the most maybe we had a one long hour i mean one uh long bus ride uh which was like nine hours back home and that was it um here we have i don't know our closest game is probably bowling green or something like state like four hours but other than that it's it's huntsville it's 12 hours mankato all that Bemidji, Houston, uh, so you know just the distances there. Uh, that's a that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, talking about um, obviously the season um, has been a little bit I think different than you guys have anticipated, and um, especially uh, for you coming in um, the starter last year, and then having Logan come in, and then you got um, Carter as well um, in the goaltending arena. Uh, how has it been like with those three guys and having a rotation, getting able to have each other play, and especially in a lot of these bigger games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's not been easy. Obviously, um, for not for us, not for anyone in uh, in college college sports and well in, in the world in general mm-hmm. because of COVID. But uh, you know, it's um, I, the school has done a great job. Team, everyone, league, they're doing a great job to like allowing us to play. But um, yeah, um, obviously, every goalie wants to play like every every single game. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's not just possible, and it's been great having those guys around. You know, I Carter's a super nice guy, great goalie. We get on we we already got along really well last year, so I've known him. He's a he's an unreal goalie as well. Um, Logan coming in, he's young and he was he's the same age now than I was when I came in. So I know I know it's what it's like. It's it's not easy to adjust from junior to college hockey, and. Um, I think it's great to uh, have that competition in practice every time, and that that I think that's a huge thing for us that develops us all. 
So it's it's been great so far. Yeah, it's awesome that you guys can kind of really gel together. And you alluded to earlier just how how much travel it is compared to, I mean, uh, the WCHA mm-hmm. compared to Finland. What's it been like kind of balancing class? Is it easier now with you might having some Zoom classes, being able to have a little bit more leeway with what you can do and a little bit more free time? Or was it kind of easier last year having some structure? But, I mean, when you go up to Alaska, you have – close to three days of travel time and you have to get off the bus after staying or get off the plane after staying stagnant deal with jet lag and stuff like that what's what's it kind of been like you bouncing class and also kind of just getting ready right off the bus yeah um yeah that's a big difference uh compared to junior hockey for sure um i think the teachers they've been they've been great during my time here they make it really easy for us um obviously you might have to work harder um outside of classroom like let's say monday to wednesday for mm-hmm. example to catch up a little bit get your all your work done maybe do something on the road as well um even though i'm not a huge fan of zoom classes even though i i was at first but um they they definitely help us to, this year to make it easier since our schedule has been a little busier um this second half of the year um yeah, but um, in general, it's just the uh, teachers. Um, we really gotta appreciate them. Like they, they really help us so much in, when it comes to traveling. They know what we, we have to like, like you say, fly to Alaska, leave on Tuesday or Wednesday, fly there. So we're gonna miss some classes, but they've been great so far. Yeah, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand about um, the WCHAs. Everybody's so spread out. I think the travel aspect, like compared to the GLIAC, where the farthest competition is probably maybe seven seven hours for us going up to Tech, where you guys are going all the way to Alaska. Like that's that's a huge difference. But mm-hmm. um, it, going towards the end of the season, I know you guys are finishing up this weekend final games. Uh, our final game at home on Friday against Lake State. Then you go up to Lake State on Saturday, um, March sixth. What are you guys looking forward to on facing the lakers um they they've they've had some big wins so far this year um pretty sure they just beat bowling green some couple weeks ago or so so they're a really good team we've uh we've always had some tight games against them um especially now there's a lot on the line even though we know that we're going to play us but um we it's a big weekend for us um we haven't necessarily had the success we would like to have but um it would be really, really important for us to get a couple wins here. Um, you know, set the tone for the playoffs and uh, get ready wherever we are. We'll be traveling either Mankato or BG or whatever, it, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the WCHA, there's a lot of different arenas that have kind of their own unique qualities. What's been your favorite one to play at so far, kind of WCHA wise? And plus, you've played at a couple that aren't in the WCHA. What's some of your favorites there? I think. Uh, we played at uh, University of Minnesota my freshman year. Uh, we were able to um, snap our losing losing streak there. Um, Saturday Saturday night, I think it was around New Year's. So um, that was probably outside of WCHA. That was probably my favorite experience so far. Also, Westerns really cool cool to play since their student student section is is unreal. Um, WCHA wise, I'd say that. Uh, uh, Bowling Green and uh, Michigan Tech are my favorites yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I, I love going to Tech because you know it's uh, a lot of Finnish people over there. They uh, they have a crazy student section as well, and um, for some reason I've always played pl- played pretty well there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bowling Green, that's also a really cool place. They've uh, they they pretty much always sell out. They have a nice nice student section there. Um, you know, it's. Uh, 
it's a re- really fun atmosphere to play at. Yeah, and also when you the GLI too, what was kind of the facilities there at uh, uh, Little Caesars? Oh, it's really cool. Um, you know, it's obviously we didn't have any uh, like Red Wings locker room or anything mm-hmm. like that, but um, locker room, all the facilities, the practice ring, um, all the hallways, like it's it's top notch. It's 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 really it was really cool to see what the uh, life in the NHL is like. We were able to see like. I think Detroit uh, played San Jose or something um, mm-hmm. the next day, and uh, we we saw some of the some of their players walk around a little bit. So it was really cool to see kind of like what the pro atmosphere is like, what the guys guys do, what they what they do in practice, all that. So it was a really cool experience as well. That's awesome, man. Um, one last question here: We kind of every athlete we talk to, we always have to ask this question. Uh, what is your favorite thing about being at Ferris? My favorite team about being at Ferris, I, I'd have to go with my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I didn't play junior hockey here. I, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was getting into. But it was the guys who made it so easy for me to adjust to this, you know, different culture, uh, different ho- different kind of hockey, all that. So I'm, I'm probably the my favorite thing for sure is the uh, people I've met so far and. Uh, I'm excited to meet some more more new teammates next year, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we love that you found your niche here and that you're able to kind of prosper here at Big Rapids. So uh, thank you so much, Ronnie, for coming on, taking time out of your busy schedule. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck with the podcast. Special thanks again to Ronnie for taking time out of his day to chat with us. If there's an athlete that we should interview on the show let us know on twitter or instagram at the mvsp we've actually got a recommendation from the harrison watt himself he told us we should interview murph the pup commentator joe i think that would be a pretty awesome experience i see what you did there it might be a little tough i don't know we'd have to find a special mic for murph Especially one that will condense all of the the possible barking sounds. Yeah, but that'd be a legendary interview. Let I me tell like you what. Would. I mean, the first com- color commentator for Gotta hockey as a canine. Gotta pretty, set pretty it crazy. up. Gotta set it up. But shout out to Harrison if he's listening to the show. But speaking of hockey, we had a absolute barn burner on Friday. That let's be honest, no one in. Any I sort think of, ever. I don't think anybody would have expected. I mean, we took it to Minnesota State. We were leading after the first period. We ended up losing at the very end of overtime, 5-4, against the number three team in the country. It really could be number two. They bounce back and forth, it seems like, all year long. They're one of the best teams in the country, and they would be if Boston College wasn't uh, just an absolute powerhouse, powerhouse program all the time. every single year. They would definitely be up there. But, I mean... This one, this one was honestly just. We, it was one of the most fun games that we we've ever, we've seen this season, especially as fans. I know I personally have seen. I think that one is actually was much more fun of a game to watch than the Trine game when we blew them out. I think this one was way more enjoyable. Um, it was just a really crazy experience to be there. The fans were electric. They were keeping our team in it. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the games. Two misconducts in the game. And there was definitely tempers flaring, and that ended up going over to Sunday, which um, didn't end as expected either. Uh, we lost 5-1, to one, but it was definitely a fun experience that I think that we won't forget, especially with how this season has won. It mm-hmm. was definitely a bright spot. Yeah, you texted me. You said, are you watching the game right now? And I said, no, what's going on? Because I thought it was going to just be like another like 5-1, 6-1 loss. And then I checked it, and it said, uh, I think it was like 5 
it was like four to th- uh, yeah four to three or four to something uh, when they were going into overtime. And then I was like, "What?" Four, and we four. were yeah, we yeah, were yeah. snapping back and forth. And at the end of the game, you kind of texted me again just to say like that we lost. And I was not expecting it, but I mean that's a really big bright spot, especially for the season. We haven't had uh, as much of like a productive season as we wanted to, but to see that we've been able to hang with Minnesota State and hang with a lot of other teams, that's good to see. And now we go into Lake Superior State. Lake Superior is uh, one of the top teams uh, in the country as well. I think they're ranked like 18th or 19th, so it's going to be another tough showing. But um, we, if we're able to give it to Minnesota State like that. That, there's no problem that we're going to be able to show out uh, when we go up to LSSU. Yeah, I think LSSU is a team that we can definitely compete with, and I think a lot of people have confidence in the fact that we almost just beat the number, we almost played spoiler against the number three team in the country, Minnesota State. Minnesota State's a great program. Especially with a especially with a goalie. That's oh out. my goodness. He's at, I think, 24 or 23 shutouts. Yeah, Dryden McKay. That's he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on... He could be on pace. I think if he doubles sweet, if he gets two shutouts this weekend, I think he'll tie the record for most shutouts in a single season by a goaltender. I forget what the uh, guy who holds the name's record. Mm-hmm. I know he went to Michigan State, but I forgot his name. But to go out, and you said in, in the Friday game that they had to pull him yeah, for overtime. This is this is how crazy this game was. So Dryden McKay is one of the best goaltenders, and the best goaltender in the country. I think yeah, the a lot best of people, right now. The I best think, right now. I think that everybody would say he's the best. He's well. This this is a point of context. Fifteen games played, not lost. 13, 13 one and zero. He has a ninety four point seven save percentage, and if, just imagine this: fifteen games they've played, fifteen of them. Eight of those games resulted in zero opponent goals. Eight clean sheets. Eight shutouts out of 15. Can you imagine going into playing them and saying, okay, one of the games we're not going to score a single goal, and the next game we might be able to score one or two. That's a really tough thing to do. And the fact we put four on them and had to pull him out of the game in the third before the third period started absolutely bonkers it was just like the the thing that i just was looking into the game i was like this looks so lopsided that honestly like we probably could play them like the whole game and just make this a barn burner because it is literally like on paper impossible for that to happen it's just times like this where it does happen i mean you can throw it to march madness virginia umbc who would have thought that that game would have went down the way it did? Nobody would have. It would have been Virginia chalked all the way to the Final Four, and they go out in the first round. That's crazy. Just the fact that it was like, all right, we have, like, on paper, no chance to win this game, and the fact that we made it into overtime against one of the top teams in the country, that's got to feel good. I mean, the loss was definitely a punch to the gut, but it could have been a lot worse. It could have been like It could have been like the second game all over again and had two five yeah, one losses we could have gotten shut out too but ryan miller was the is the uh all-time sh- shutout leader oh, for what stay, i was trying uh, to learn for yeah, he was really good but i mean it was it was still fun to see i mean we got a lot of we got a lot of goals i think that was definitely the fun thing to see ethan stewart had um i believe his sixth of the year um I, I believe, yeah. Liam McDougal had one. Uh, Marshall Moyes had one. And then um, Captain Cole Norris also had a goal in that game. Uh, it was definitely a really fun mm-hmm. fun time. And it was just it was just a really – it was a really good game. I mean, obviously, like, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. But this is the fun – this is the most bonkers thing ever. We had 11 shots. Scored five – or four goals out of the 11 shots. What? Minnesota State had 41 and they just put that 41 next to 11. Who's the starting 
Roney was a starting goalie. Roney right? was starting. Yeah. Roney had 36 saves on 41 shots. Roney That's was great. Insane. It was just like there was times where in that game, like he got put in bad positions. Like there was times where it was like, oh, somebody. It was. I think that they, they had one. On, I know one on the power play where they just they had a, an open look and it was really nothing he could do besides hope that he because basically once you get yeah. to one on one situations, you're basically trying to read and guess as much. It's like it's like being That's a soccer the, goalkeeper too. That's you, the one thing though about with. Uh, especially with Dryden McKay, it's like you face like 11 shots. So then it goes to the point where like you're stagnant for most of the time. Like you're mm-hmm. not, yeah, like you might get pressured a little bit, but if you're not facing constant shots like Roni was with like upwards of 35 saves, if you're not facing that constant barrage all the time, you're going to kind of get maybe a little bit lackadaisical. You're going to have a couple of, you know, miscues and you're going to let some shots go in. And I think that's the one thing that was kind of working in our favor is although we didn't get a lot of shots on that, I think probably really proved that, I mean, Dryden McKay was going to get maybe a little bit lax or maybe a little bit uh, slow on his feet. So other than that, I mean, I think, I think that's one of the main things that really propelled a lot of those shots. Yeah, uh, penalties definitely killed us. We had 10 infractions, 34 minutes, and that, that one, including a game misconduct. Uh, Cade Kowalski uh, had contact to the head, and he ended up having to leave the game. But it was definitely... It was definitely a low spot. We definitely didn't want to have that many penalties, and um, it definitely kind of rolled over into uh, Sunday's game, where that one just seemed like it was kind of similar. A lot of a lot of penalties, and it just seemed like the the it, everything was boiling over by that point. Because I mean, like Minnesota State's like, oh yeah, where where are you guys at? Where was yesterday? Yeah, there's a fluke and all that stuff, and it was just a really tough game for our guys. And some of it spilled over at the end. I know there was um, two two misconducts in the second period alone. There was one near the end the game and there was times where they had to stop the game and like get these guys under control because it was just like when you're in that situation where you went from such a such a high and then you're back down to the expected low like it's just a hard thing to take especially when that high comes on up pretty much for 64 minutes of hockey and then you end up losing in the final minute like yeah. that's a tough thing to take and i know that like they definitely couldn't hold on to it enough near the end, and it was it was just a struggle for them. But mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. We definitely enjoyed not having the expected outcome on paper, us losing by six one or whatever, whatever the 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 box scores were saying we were going to do. So definitely worked out that we didn't get blown out, and we definitely made a fun game out of it despite all the odds. Yeah, uh, and looking at it now, WCHA last weekend of uh, regular season play, Minnesota State still at the top. They're 10-0 in the conference. Looks like they're going to be outright so far. Basically this year, I don't think there's a chance that they'd be able to lose, especially I mean being undefeated. But uh, a couple of games that we're going to definitely have to watch for if Lake Superior State loses to us, they're not going to be able to overtake Northern, who's just won, I think, one game ahead of them, and Bowling Green too. That uh, two three and four spots are pretty uh congested one game can really mess up that so very interesting to see what's going to happen over the weekend uh michigan tech too they're going to have to play pretty well i know they're um in the top 20 uh in the nation right now same with lake superior state um so it's definitely gonna be pretty good to see a lot of hockey to go on this weekend especially for wcha play so definitely gonna have to keep an eye out yeah, for sure. Um, other sports that happened over the weekend. Um, basketball, both men and women took on Purdue Northwest and the men's side at Wink taking on the Pride. And it was definitely a fun It was a fun game uh, both days, I think. Uh, the first one, we ended up winning 89-75. That was a big win for us. 
Um, Walt Kelzer. I think this was one of the biggest things. I know um, Coach Bronkema alluded to this in the press or the post game press conference. Like Walt had 22 points, and that's that's pretty much an expected number for him. Like 22 points. Yeah, you expect Walt to have, be in the 20s and have a lot of volume. He had 10 assists in that game, and I know Coach Bronkema said that he was challenging Walt to really. Get, make other guys better and be that guy putting them in good spots. And, I mean, Vegas Grizzulius, 8 of 11 from the floor, 6 boards. He ended up having 17 points. He even had 4 assists. Like, he was doing a lot on that in that first opening night. Ben had 24 off the bench. Uh, not the greatest night from 3, but that definitely rolled over. All his 3s came um, in the next game on Saturday. I believe it was Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like, all, I don't even know what days of the week it is anymore with COVID, man. Just driving <laughs> me bonkers. But no, it was all great. gelling into one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it happens. Yeah, whatever. But um, Dorian Alui actually got some playing time, which was great to see. He even got a bucket. It's been a, a really tough time for him getting back. Uh, he had, a, I know, he had his shoulder surgery and it didn't going as expected, and he had to get that repaired again, which is the reason he's been been on the limb for so long and I, th- I think a lot of people forgot about him just because he hasn't been on the floor due to the injury but I mean the, he was a starter last year and a very impactful player and he can definitely make this team better so that's exciting to see but it was definitely a fun a fun game for the Bulldogs to be in and I know there were there weren't any fans there but there was definitely some support there from a lot of the the other coaches came and watched and it was really a fun time I mean we we definitely did well on the glass and on the defensive side I think that's really what propelled us in the Friday game and didn't quite come over on Saturday. I mean, we out-rebounded him 42-24 to the first night, and then the second night was a little bit of a different story where it was we got out-rebounded 46-30, to and that was one of the reasons we did lose that game. Yeah, second game, not the not the uh, product that you want to see, especially from a really hot start to the weekend. But, you know, at the start of this season, I was really looking to see if there was really going to be like an outright standalone team, but there really hasn't been. I mean, it's pretty wide open. Um Near the near the beginning of the season, and still for the Gleak champion, Gleak champion so far is still pretty open. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of teams who have gone on like six, seven games runs where they've just been winning every time. There's been a lot of splits for a lot of teams. And it's the same with Ferris and the same with Purdue Northwest. I think Purdue Northwest is a little bit lower in the Gleak standings, but they're still a very good team. And I mean, we play Wayne State coming up, but uh, eighty to seven, eighty to seventy-seven loss. Uh, not the greatest thing that we want to see, especially. But I mean, when you have a little bit less of production, it's kind of uh, guaranteed, especially when we've kind of been seeing that a little bit now where we've won the first game, coming off hot, lost the second game, or we've lost the first game, able to bounce back and win the second game. So it's kind of the more of the same that we've been seeing so far this season, but uh, hopefully we can really fix it, especially for Wayne State and going into the Gleak tourney coming up real soon. Yeah, I think um, Vincent Mishkevich, um, he their big man, really – he he's a really good player, and I didn't I didn't know much about him going into this game, but he really he really showed up because I mean he's a big man like he had 16 rebounds in this game, but like the guy can shoot and he really he really killed us down the stretch. He even he even had a a poster at the very end. I feel bad. I I feel I feel really bad for Grizzulis because he got put on a pretty bad poster to end that game. But there was a really it was a really exciting end to both halves of the game. I mean, it was Mason Pline had a three pointer at the at the buzzer at the end of the first half. I know I was up with um our PA announcer Nico trying to figure out if it went in because the, the the officials were like it was so close and it ended up didn't it ended up counting and we were just like whoa this is crazy and then the game went down to a last shot from Ben Davidson he just couldn't hit it at the buzzer to tie it but it it was just a really tough game um that. 
it had to, we just didn't play the same and we were we were getting really gritty and there were times where we were really down but we just still fought back and we almost got them in the end but it was it was really really good adjustments from Purdue and they they did a great job adjusting and being able to to really change it up and really uh, put it to us but Walt had 31 in that game Ben had 12 Mason Pine had 10 off the bench I think that was pretty huge um uh, not much not much from Logan Ryan he doesn't he just doesn't seem like he's playing the same as last year and I don't know what really is behind yeah. that I don't know maybe if that's, it's the fans I, not having any fans because I know, I know a lot weird. of times he was able to get a lot like posters and dunks and like big plays that really the fans kind of fed off and I think that's one of the main things is he was able to feed off them to in a just kind of an ongoing cycle and I I don't know if it's just with COVID and just all this stuff going on now but I get you can definitely tell he's not playing as good as he was last year but just chalk it up to COVID. I mean, that's kind of the excuse that chalk, a lot of people can use it up. It up. But uh, some scores from around the GLIAC, uh, a couple of games that were pretty good to see. Grand Valley State lost to Michigan Tech 75-62. to ha! Uh, That's going to mess up Grand Valley's uh, home for the South champion, I think. Um, Lake, <laughs> Lake Superior State tops Parkside 72-68. to uh, Davenport lost to Northern Michigan. Brandon, I'm going to give you a Northern, guess. Northern, spoiler, what? You're going to give me how, something? How much, how much do you think they lost by? 46 well, it was by 30, but the points okay. was 100 to 70. Where their defense? I have their no def- clue. Their offense got off the bus. Defense didn't, though. Uh, but Northwood tops Ashland 73 to 68. Uh, Wayne State beats Saginaw Valley 86 to 67. And then, uh, as we know, Purdue Northwest beat us 80 to 77. But looking for next week against Wayne State, hopefully we can bounce back. But women's also played to Purdue Northwest over the weekend. Uh, kind of had the flip-flop. They lost first game, but won the second game by a blowout. Really yeah. came to play. Uh, but, Brandon, what were your thoughts on the first game? Boy, the the first game, dogfight. I mean, this one this one took six quarters to finish. You went to t- double, double OT. Double overtime. Double Dang. OT, 60 to 60, or 63 to 60, sorry. Oh man, it was. Uh, I just. That's was, a tough one. To, that's a tough pill to swallow. It was brutal because we we really outplayed them for the or for the majority of the game. I mean, we we did really well in the first half. We we had a lead at halftime. We were leading by uh, six, and through, like we went from shooting, I believe it was around fifty percent in the first half, and we we just plummeted. We I think we shot less than twenty, or I I don't want to say less than twenty percent, but it was definitely somewhere around twenty percent. I I mean I'm taking the average on the fly here, and it's about twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven percent, and that's really tough when you go from being able to hit to not being able to hit at all and it was just a it was it was a tough it's a tough way to adjust and we just didn't adjust well enough uh we turned the ball over a little bit too much um than desired and that we we ended up having we we had opportunities to win the game i mean we shot really well from the free throw line we were 90 percent from the line uh i think it's just it's just really it's just been a really tough time for us just because like we've really been in the position where we've relied a lot on our shooting abilities and when sometimes that's not going well like it just it just makes it a little bit more struggle for us and i'm not i'm not saying like the reasons we're losing is our backcourt i'm not saying that at all i think our backcourt has kept us in a lot of games i think our team is great and i'm not going to pinpoint a single person that's on but when you have a very perimeter heavy team and the shots aren't falling what i'm saying is it gets a lot harder to win because we got to get we got it when we're relying on shooting a little bit we got to get gritty and really get down to the fundamentals and really try to pull it out which we just we just haven't seemed to be able to do a lot lately but i mean none Nonetheless, I mean, the, the next game, I know Coach Kerr was extremely emphatic about that game, and he should be. We flat out dominated him in the second game. It was 84-49. to 49. 
Blow yeah. out. Yeah. Goodbye. And uh, not to mention Mallory McCartney's performance. Um, ballistic. Yes, it was. Earned her the player of the week for uh, Gleak basketball. Yep. 38 points in the second game. 15 of 21. 7 of 11 for 3. Give her the rock, please. Let her shoot. And that's exactly what happened. And she really made him pay for it. That was just a payback game. I have no analysis besides that's just straight good old-fashioned revenge payback back, bounce back soundtrack part two yeah really coming off uh, a tough loss and then just really giving it to him that's that's really like what we like to see and especially give us some surge into this upcoming week i think that's really gonna excuse me i think that's really gonna propel us for a pretty good situation against wayne state and to really for the gliac tournament coming up and i mean you really couldn't ask for a better situation yeah i mean it was just it was it was so great 10 10 steals four blocks. We forced them to 15 turnovers. We out-rebounded them. We outshot them from three, the field, and I believe the free-throw line. Absolute If that's not complete and utter domination, I don't know what is. Master it was class. great to see. We had more assists, too. I'm just going to keep... We had keep more, it rolling. More just keep off, how, how more, good are we? More points off turnovers. More second-chance points. More points in the paint. More fast-break points. Didn't Every have, single didn't category. Have, didn't have the same number of bench points. But we had the largest lead. Every we single, by 42 every at one single point. category, we were better than. Yeah, basically. we were up by 42 at one point in this game. That's insane. Domination. Absolutely insane. But a couple of scores from around the GLIAC. Michigan Tech uh, tops Grand Valley State, 54-52. to That was a big game. That was a close game. Uh, Northern Michigan, uh, both men and women get the sweep uh, against Davenport, 62-43. to uh, Wayne State beat Saginaw Valley in an overtime thriller, 79-70. to uh, Ashland beat Northwood 65 to 61, and then Parkside was able to top Lake Superior State 68 to 54. So gonna be some pretty solid action uh, coming up this week. Final final week of GLIAC play. Gonna see what happens, uh, especially kind of what the seedings are gonna be like for the GLIAC tournament. Both men's and women's gonna be looking for redemption uh, yeah. coming up, especially since last year men's got knocked out early, women's got knocked out as well uh, to a heartbreaker. So hopefully we can get some good games in against Wayne State and mm-hmm. then get ready for the Glee. Yeah, Wayne State. You said one over the weekend. Uh, I think yes. that's what you said. Yeah, yes, so. seventy-nine to seventy. Yo, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to buckle gonna up. Gonna be the a high tough horse. game. Buckle yeah. up. Hopefully we can have another game like this one and play well. Yeah, you never know, especially after watching hockey. Anything's possible, baby. Anything is uh, possible. Moving on, um, another women's sport in action for the first time over the weekend. Volleyball against Northern Michigan. Um, first game back, exactly what you want as a coach, the most volleyball possible. This one went to five sets. We ended up getting the win 3-2 to two over the Wildcats. Um, it was it was a really – I was down there, unfortunately, covering the game, and it was a really exciting – I mean, the opening set was just absolutely phenomenal. We won 25-8. to eight. The momentum was on our side. It was incredible. And, I mean, credit Northern. That second set, they fought us all the way through. It was a 34-32 to second set. Like, that's a that's that's overtime and then some in that set. That's, that's keeping it. That's keeping it going. Yeah, and I had it – was, it was so – I was, I was like – I was I was covering the game and then um, I was also going to the basketball game and at, there was points where I was like checking scores for both of them like oh my gosh like this game got I mean this game went down to the wire we ended up winning in the fifth set seventeen fifteen like it was it was a crazy game and it it was really fun to see the the Bulldogs come out on top in the first one and I mean it wasn't as great the second one but um, I, I I talked to. Um, Sam Herman, who we had on the show, if you haven't che- or haven't heard that interview, check it out in the feed. Um, she really w- talked a lot about that. The first game was such a high, like 
uh, high horse momentum booster in the second game. We just had a, a little Stay bit, a little of, bit stagnant. Yeah, stagnant, bad day. Um, just an off day really was the the key word she used. It was just not the same. But I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Katie O'Connell got the uh, she's Gleak fan- Player of the Week she's for volleyball. Fantastic. Katie O'Connell is a phenomenal seventeen volleyball digs, player. nineteen kills, mm-hmm. twenty three point five points overall. Yeah. Incredible. I know. Just brush it off the shoulders a little bit. Yeah. Regular. It's just another. Normal day in the office, right? I mean, she's she's great. She's an All-American, and she's a phenomenal player. I know um, Coach Brandon Wilhelm, when the post game was acknowledged, how it's it's hard to go to a game and not recognize how great of a player Katie O'Connell is. And I think there's a lot of other great players on this team, but Katie just sticks out so well because she does so many things. I mean, she led the team in digs. She led the team in kills. And I mean, she she I she I think also led in um um kill percentage too, or actually tied tied in kill percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just shows you how much how much good stuff she does. I she had and she had more uh, the most black assists too. That was what I was really looking for. But I mean, doing it on all ends, she even had some aces. I believe in the second game that really were a little bit of momentum boosters. I mean, we didn't end up getting the win in the second game. We fell three to one, uh, but. It, it, that one just that game just felt a little different. I don't know if it was just we need to go back to the white jerseys or the red jerseys just had a little bit of bad juju yeah. on the opening weekend. But I mean, nonetheless, it's the first game. You, you just brush it off. We got a lot of season left, a lot of time to figure it out. Yeah, Lake Superior State coming up uh, this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Going to be another great test for us. Hopefully, we can get the sweep, keep it going, uh, start off the season strong. But another game, another team that started off uh, their season last weekend with a four uh, four day tournament at. Uh, the Lewis Dome Invitational uh, softball, softball had it going. They went four and one, almost a complete sweep. So close uh, there, but they had a really solid showing. Uh, one game they went to eleven innings. They just played very well over the weekend. They didn't really have a whole lot of uh, weaknesses shown. Uh, but Brandon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, we were we were so close. We we were we ran we we. Almost, almost ran the table. Uh, we ended up losing to uh, Illinois Springfield, I believe it was, um, in the the. It was either the first or the second Saturday. I believe it was the first Saturday game. Then we ended up, um, we notched it up nice and got a win against Finley before we headed home. But it it was a it was a really good matchup, and I think it was. Um, or no, we lost to Illinois in the finale. That's what it was. Yeah, and I think it, in the championship. Which yeah, would have been nice to get the sweep and the championship, but. Nonetheless, just had a really solid showing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mackenzie Cleland had, a, I believe, a two-run, seven-inning, at phenomenal performance. Couple or five strikeouts, only allowed five hits. She was fantastic. She really was a really bright spot this weekend. I believe she got a National Player of the Week honoree. Yeah. Was that Gliak good? Pitcher of the Week, and I think it's the Wilson National Pitcher of the Week as well Ooh, for D two. That's got a so nice ring to quite it. Quite the quite the accomplishment that she had. But hopefully they can keep it going as well. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely. A, a good way or a good sight to see them starting off on the right foot keep the wheels turning i know they've been putting in a lot of work um, over the seasons it's um mm-hmm. actually um, and it's not even having a season last year i know it's crazy i mean um actually it's funny because um we as the the cross and track team um we have um morning weight room and um a lot of the times we have our weight room while they're having their their morning practice so we've actually got to see them hit and do all, a lot of their drills and stuff and they they've been really sharp and they they really showed it this weekend and it's really cool to see but i mean it's it was a really it was a really good 
really good start to the season. I know mm-hmm. I I know Coach James was really excited about it, and um, I think they're going to be they're going to be in good shape when they go um, to the the Brid, Blue Bridge Classic. In yeah, Kentucky they're going to have a weekend, weekend full of softball. I think six games over three days. Uh, definitely going to have to stay sharp. Uh, it's going to be. Basically, a marathon of who's going to be able to last the longest. Yeah, I mean that's what you that's what you dream you, for. Yeah, that's a, what you love as a as a college as a ball so, player. Yeah, as a college mm-hmm. athlete and as a as a ball player, you wanna you wanna have that constant play and you wanna play the game that you love. Yeah, so. just playing ball. Don't playing ball. Don't Nothing stop. Else. Just give us another team. Let's keep playing. That's what we want to do. It's definitely a fun situation to see all of our teams winning. And tennis also did the same over the weekend. Um, they were against Walsh. Uh, women's took care of business. A sweep. Who bro? Pull out the brooms. They pull out, the, out brooms, the brooms, baby. Um, and the men uh, a little bit closer, but still, still a W in my book. Four three. Um, definitely a good thing to see. It's just I keep I keep being repetitive. I know I'm catching myself saying it over and over again, but it's such a good sight to see all of our teams being successful right now. Yeah, and playing it, it, extremely solid. I yeah. think. As I know a lot of these teams, they didn't really have a season last year. They really want to make the most out of this one because it's still not guaranteed. I mean, every day there's uh, there's stuff coming up that might be a threatening to like uh, college seasons, high school seasons, and stuff like that. But to be able to go out there, really uh, kind of play the game that you love again after not being able to play competitively for so long, being just basically practicing and just having no light at the end of the tunnel, now to be able to come out, actually play both men's and women's tennis, getting the job done over the weekend, that's something that you really like to see. Yeah, I think um, our doubles. We swept all three of the doubles matches in, um, and for the men's side, I think that was or I was a women's. Sorry, we swept in the women's um, and doubles, and we real we we really took care of business. It was really it was really fun to see. Um, I think it was, I think it was a um a, a time where there or no that was the men's. I don't. I'm confused. the The website's got me all like funked <laughs> up right all now. Up it's all messed up, and I I don't know. But it I or no, that's right. Okay, sorry that that was the men's. I don't. It said it said women's up there in the the caption, and I was got I got thrown off because I was like, no, like this is like these are like these are our players, like Josh McDermott, like I was just well, they're on our they're on our team. Why does it say what? I'm just confused. Why it says women's. Anyway, that whole scenario. No. We still Still got two W's for tennis, so nice clap for tennis. Yes. Good work against W's Walsh. in the column. Yeah, for sure. And um, track and field to wrap it all up for Ferris State. We, they were at the GVSU tune-up. Uh, good sight to see a lot of a lot of um, quality quality performances for sure. I think is the right way to put it. And I know we're getting we're getting geared up conferences next weekend, and it's really it's a really good thing to see uh, everybody starting to really find their stride and as. The, yeah. meet, the meet's name it's, takes place. Tune it up before we get going into conference so we're, yeah, we're at the most prime place. Reminiscent of last year when the sports were going and COVID wasn't here, just kind of we're almost in, business as usual, so hopefully it'll get going. But uh, also women, uh, golf is going to be starting up soon as well, so you're definitely going to have to be looking out for them uh, starting up in March. It's going to be a full slate. Good to see. But speaking of golf, uh, the golf world is saddened to hear there's uh, – accident that was involving tiger woods a car accident of his he's not dead thankfully but he is seriously injured i think he's not in critical condition but uh in his crash uh if you haven't heard he had a crash uh in los angeles uh he drove off the road uh in his car he was driving a um genesis uh i think was um 
lone uh, car, right? Yeah, I think it was yeah, a, a lone car. Um, and he was he went off the side of the road. Uh, his car is pretty beat up from the picture, so really happy that he only came out with a broken leg because he can't come back from that. You can play. He can definitely play golf still. Um, but just going to have a long road recovery ahead. Uh, police have said that there wasn't any outside influences like drugs or alcohol that were um, kind of at fault for this, which is good to see because when I first heard of this, I thought uh, my my mind kind of went to the worst thing and thinking maybe he was kind of like on drugs again when, oh, he, no, when he had that, that, when he had that uh, kind of dark spot a couple of years ago where he just was kind of hitting rock bottom a little bit. But thankfully, he wasn't on that. It was just an accident. So I'm not sure if he was on his phone or if there was just some other outside distractions, but we are very thankful. If you have any kind of seen it go read it up uh but brandon i know that you're a pretty big golf guy as well as me uh, what were your thoughts uh kind of hearing this accident with tiger woods i don't think there's any bigger golf guy than you joe well uh, uh there there might be i mean the professionals probably probably but, i mean I, this this was a really tough thing to see and i mean the it was it was such a terrible situation when you get a notification on your phone that an athlete's in a crash Especially after over this past year, because you immediately get that Kobe effect. Like, oh my gosh, are we gonna lose another icon? And that was the first thing that came to my mind. And I'm like nervous and like, because they didn't they didn't really put out the specifics. Is he conscious? Is he is he like they brought out the jaws of life were in there? I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Like we like the people are are literally sitting on like they're they're sitting up in their seats. Like this is this was a bad situation. But it is so. It is very thankful to know that he's okay. He's conscious now, according to um, his agent from the hospital. He's okay. He's talking. He's talking with his family, and, and that's that's a really a really pleasant thing to see. Uh, he was in serious condition. I believe they said he had injuries to his legs. Yeah, um, he broke his leg in two places, and the bone was sticking through the skin. So that was the one thing that they were worried yeah, about. I think he shattered was, his ankle too. Yeah, not getting him out of the car fast because if you didn't see the the whole front of his car was basically smashed in. Oh yeah, and uh, luckily the car the cars nowadays are made so that way uh, it kind of prevents as much injuries uh, for getting people trapped in cars. But uh, I don't think he was trapped in there. But they were able to get him out of the car with some finagling, uh, trying to make it so he didn't have as many injuries or add insult to injury, I guess, with trying to get him out uh, as safely as possible. But they were able to get him out, trying to not have any infection in his, in his broken leg as well. So, yeah, it it was a it was a really scary situation um i believe the the county sheriff um uh, i think his name's alex alex Vin, villanueva that that is um, the guy's name he came out with like the the report that said what happened he said the car um he was i apparently what i heard is that he was actually going to do like celebrity golf lessons yeah, with he was gonna get other... one with uh drew Brees, justin herbert and yeah. i think a couple other people but that was like the thing i th- he was either heading to or heading I think he was heading there, to. and he was late, so he was starting to drive faster. Yeah, he was going – that's the report. It said he was going faster yeah. than normal yep. as well. He went he, – he was crossing into – or he, he hit the median. He was going too fast. He crossed over in the opposite lane, hit the curb, and then he hit it, and then kind of went off the road and hitting a tree – and that he basically buried the front end of his car into the the tree and then into the the basically land at that point and it mm. was like when you saw the pictures you were like oh no this is not good at all like this is a really a really nasty looking accident i mean mm. There was, there was people that were saying, like, man, I've seen a lot of these type of collisions, and a lot of the time the people do not make it out if they're alive. And they're yeah. thankful that Tiger made it out alive. And, I mean, that that was just a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are kind of going to this point now, and it's really sad to say it, but, like, this could very well be the last time that Tiger Woods might – I mean, I don't want to say it like Wait. that, but 
Well, from his what, what, what the future, I'll say it like this: what, what is, the future is going to entail after this accident is really going to be up in yeah, the air. Yeah, what now. his career is because he was already he was already kind of stiff and stuff from his back surgery yep. he had a few months ago. I know he wasn't hitting balls because it was the day before as well that he was at that thing as um too, and he wasn't hitting balls. He wasn't playing any holes. He was just kind of there for photos and stuff like that. Um, but then like you come to this now, and he's going to have a long road ahead of him for recovery. His basically his, everything from his knee down is just destroyed he's going to need complete reconstruction of that um so you de- that definitely begs the question is his career in golf at, at stake now is he going to be able to play i think he'll definitely be able to play it but at the pga level i don't know will he be able to even play the champions tour i don't know but it's a lot of questions that are that um we'll definitely have answers to in a little bit uh but another thing that i thought was uh about this accident that you can kind of take I guess some good from it is that when I first heard it, I was hoping that no one else was in the car too, especially because mm-hmm. I know Charlie, uh, his son goes to a couple of those things with him as well. So when I heard that, I was hoping that nothing happened to him or maybe his, uh, his wife or there's other people in the car. So luckily uh, there wasn't anybody else. And it's just Tiger who right now is in stable condition and he'll most likely be able to make the recovery, but uh, his golf, his golf career definitely is at stake. Yeah. I think that's, that's a scary thing that like you have like these things are just there's there's such awful awful scenarios to be in where you're thinking oh my goodness is is there other people in the car did he hit another car is he not going to make it like these accidents are just such a, a such a just so quick and there's so much response to it and i think the thing that like i i just it's just crazy to like how fast these things get out and it was just like I mean, even you go back and like how fast these these stories break and whatever, and because it's like I I heard something that um Breeze and Herbert were um waiting for him for multiple hours, waiting for him, and nobody responded to him or to them that he was in an accident, and it was probably ten fifteen minutes to where somebody like TMZ probably got it and shot it out already, like at that point, like it's just crazy how fast these things come out, and I think. What I what I just dislike the most about a lot of these stories that break out is they say, um, this person's been in an accident. That's all we know, and I know I know they want to get it out as quick as possible. But then, when that happens, you start getting other media people that start. Well, we gotta we gotta get this together. Let's try to put all the pieces together. Okay, this person said this, so this probably happened. Not did probably. And that is what kind of drives me bonkers. Then you start hearing rumors about like, oh, Tiger's not going to make it. He's on. Un- he's basically unconscious. He's not responsive. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make it. And it's like, no, that's not. That's not what they said. They're, like they they took they took him somewhere, and he's he's not woke yet. Like awake yet. Like yeah. he's still knocked out. Like that's not the same as being in a coma. Like those type of things. Like people putting those things together. I'm not saying everybody does this, but like I I saw like some reports that were not true and that would just i was just like we need to have the truth in these situations because when we start getting speculating we can get as far off when we need to be at b and we we get a and then we want we're waiting for b some people jump right to c and we end up literally at h like we find our way all the way down the way and we're not even close to the scenario so i'm just just, a lot of stuff i'm just like yeah my that whole spiel i'm just glad that everything came out in a very 
a very well, respect. Yeah. Like it, 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 Everything the, came out in a true fashion by the police department, yeah. and it came out from them first. It wasn't come yeah. out from somebody like TMZ, where they're trying to break a lot of this stuff. And and it was yeah. just a really, it's just a sad situation that like we we I know we we have a little bit like I know um, me and Joe are a little bit we're on ease a little bit because I mean like just these sort of things like after what we experienced through Kobe last year and having to go through the like talking about this sort of stuff yeah. it's Let's not fun it, for any of us hoping it wasn't gonna happen again because I mean Tiger his his extent reaches way past golf as well mm-hmm. I mean not to the magnitude of Kobe uh, by any means but his his uh. He still is one of the best known golfers. I mean, you ask someone just to name one golf, one golfer, and they'll always say Tiger Woods. But some reactions from uh, some other PGA Tour pros. Justin Thomas, one of his new, uh, his one of his new best friends. He said, "It hurts to see one of your now closest friends get in an accident. Hope he's just all right. I worry for his kids. I'm sure they're struggling." Um, Steven Stricker, a guy who played with him. Um, um, in the President's Cup and was on Team USA with him. said, I'm shocked and saddened to hear about Tiger, hoping and praying that he will be okay. And Bryson DeChambeau as well uh, says, I'm a bit shocked. Uh, you don't expect anything like that to happen, but everything that I know about Tiger, I'm sure he'll recover and he'll do everything in his power to come back. I'm sure he will. He's an amazing human being and he's done incredible things and I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be back. Uh, so definitely happy to see that he's got a lot of support from the golfing community. He's got a lot of support from his fans mm-hmm. and everybody. Even um, political figures I yeah. think both President Barack uh, former Obama, yeah, former President Barack Obama tweeted out. Uh, I forgot what he said, but he said, "If I know anything about Tiger, I know he'll be able to bounce back." And you know, it's just really good to see that he yeah. has a lot of support. He's not uh, in this alone, and he's going to have a lot yeah, of people. There was a lot, quite for. a few people, I think, that just outside of the golf community. I mean, I brought up President Barack Obama, former President Donald Trump. I believe he actually played golf with him before. Like he reached out and said um, he want he that he was praying for him, and there was. Um, or he was get well, Tiger. You're a true champion. That's what he said. But um, I know like those two have golfed together before. I know that there's other people that have been with him. Um, I think uh, it was yeah, Lindsey Vaughn who actually um, dated Tiger a long time ago. Also said that he uh, she she was the one that said praying for him. But it's it, like that just shows you like he was not just a golfer. And yeah, he's, he's, he's at the end of the day, he's a his human reach. Being. His reach is incredible. To yeah, because I yeah, regardless of what happened, like the things that happened in the past. The things that have happened, like there's there's been some things that Tiger has done that wouldn't necessarily be like the the stellar role model. He's done he's done some things. Yeah, his, I mean, you his background a, is a little bit. I mean, not the greatest. Yeah, but, but he still has come back and he's been able to really yeah, change who he is. Especially yeah, no, per, now. no person's perfect. That's what we're saying. He's still a human being at the end of the day, and we don't want we don't want to wish harm on anybody. And we're glad he's going to or going to be having a, a speedy recovery. And on just the fact that they came out and said no charges that he wasn't like that. It was just. I mean, you, you don't want to just say like, yeah, it was, it was just an accident. That's a good thing because accidents obviously aren't good, but. The fact there was no influence is good because that just shows that Tiger's on the on the right track and nothing nothing you don't want things to no, end badly yeah, no because outside, of s- no outside sources had an effect. Yeah, that that's a that's a good thing to know. But it, it's definitely saddening to to go through those words. And I mean, we've got we've got so many people that um, that we've discussed on the show, and you can make the argument of who's the goat of goats and all are a lot of these big time sports figures. I know that's something that's been debated for how many years now. And I mean, every time you talk about who's the best in golf, you probably think of three names off the top of your head. 
um, you would think of Arnold Palmer, you'd think of um, Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholas, and then you think of Tiger Woods. Those are those are, those are pretty much the the three right now that you'd probably think of off the top of your head. I mean, some of, there might be some other names you could throw in there, but there's those three are the ones you would consider at the top of golf that have changed the game. And when one of when any of those guys um, ends up in a in a terrible accident they're hurt they're in a situation where their life is threatened or even at the end some of them at the eventually at the end of time are taken that it's just a it's a really sad scenario because you it's it's different when you're taught when you're 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 seeing somebody playing on the course and then all of a sudden a blink later they're ju- they're just gone and that, that's a that's a just a it's just really thankful that he was okay and that nothing mm-hmm. seriously nothing seriously happened that could endanger you know, life or death because this definitely could have went in the other way and we're just glad it didn't yeah definitely counting our blessings definitely for tiger gonna be praying for him hopefully he comes out the best but i think that's gonna be it for our show today brandon a uh, good show uh, a little bit shorter of an episode but nonetheless got some good uh, conversation some good discussion as yeah. well i mean you know, it was it was a, it was a, it was a really really nice start and then I mean, obviously, a little bit of a somber end, but I mean, you can't really. I mean, that's one. I mean, that's like the biggest news in sports right now. Yeah, it's yeah. We had to cover it. It's like we we don't we don't enjoy talking about people almost losing their lives. We we hate it. So like that's a tough thing for us to talk about. But it, just at the end of the day, we'll say it fifteen thousand times. We're just glad he's okay. Yes. We're glad that nobody has to go through the fact that he could be um going to heaven. That that is that is a gr- a great thing that he's still okay. He's still being able to, um, I mean, just the fact that he got out of there with um, only injuries to his legs and nothing else, like, that's that's a blessing because, I mean, mm-hmm. there could have been a lot of other things good wrong. The, one of the first things I thought of was when he was, uh, his back surgery, and was that going to be and something where now his back's kind of in a bad situation being in a car crash? Because, yeah. cause, I mean, I him, thought re- he might, him I saw the, his back might I saw the front career. window. It was completely shattered and, like, just not even there. And I thought he maybe got shot out and he got paralyzed by it somehow. But uh, nonetheless, we'll probably call it there. But yeah. Well, let's, let's not go any further. Yeah, let's not keep that. going try to make a damper on anyone's day. But yeah, we got we'll, we have a lot to cover um, up in the upcoming. If you guys like the the mock draft, let us know. If you haven't checked that out, check out the previous episode in this feed where we made all of our NFL picks. Um, Joe drafted a quarterback for the Saints. That's all you need to know. So that's yeah, I stand by that. That's as crazy as the draft would seem. And Justin Fields may or may not have fell out of the first round. Oh, you didn't hear it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> so you're gonna have to go check it out. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Subscribe and follow us to the podcast. And if you're listening to us on Apple, leave us a review. We have five star reviews from you really? guys, and we appreciate y'all. I mean, it might not be like a. It's not like a thousand five hundred reviews. And we got like a four nine or four eight. But we average. have a we, five star. People care. We have five star reviews, and we love hearing how much you guys love the show. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Um, follow us. We want to hear what you guys have to say because we want to make this show the best for you. Whether it's us doing all these informative podcasts or us just simply kicking our feet up and just talking with the wind you know sometimes we, <laughs> we might just do that i mean why not joe why yeah why not just kick just kick up the feet kick have up an the feet arnold, and have a little have bit of discussion arnold, have an arnold palmer and just talk yeah we haven't done that in a long time we, we haven't really done haven't. i don't think we've ever done that on show. no we haven't so if you want us to do that you guys gotta let us know yeah, we want to know what you have to think and this is the longest outro ever <laughs> so joe good show we'll see you next time take care everybody <laughs>